0: This is the AmWager Weekend Stakes preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. And they're coming for the top of the stretch. And Harvey's little girl has opened up on the field. Harvey's little girl in front by six lengths. Water White on the outside, then Persisto and Fifty Shades of Green as they pass the eighth pole. It's all Harvey's little girl. The American Faro Philly, on to victory in the Busanda. She was much the best today. One by seven. Water White finished second. Then 50 shades of green, Persisto, and ankle monitor. Now here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich.
1: Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman, along with Bob Nastanovich. We've got a dozen races from around the country to talk about tonight on the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview. A lot of great calbred races out in Southern California. Nice card at Tampa Bay Downs tomorrow. Great racing at Aqueduct, Oaklawn as well. Should be a fun weekend, my friend.
2: Yeah, no, very interesting handicapping opportunities. Kind of unusual. It's one of these calm-before-the-storm uh Weekends and that, and that I believe there's just one graded stakes that we'll be covering on the show, and that's uh, tomorrow at uh, or Sunday at santa Anita. But uh, yeah, no, like like you said, there's a uh, good racing, and most importantly, I think some good betting opportunities.
1: Folks, Am wager is giving away money. New customers get a one hundred fifty dollars sign up bonus plus an instant ten dollars bonus for HRRN listeners. Here's how: go to link. Dot amwager.com forward slash h-r-r-n you'll get ten dollars instantly for signing up then when you deposit 150 and bet 150 you'll get a 150 fifty dollar lump sum bonus it's just that easy Amwager is a wagering platform that's loaded with valuable tools and features including odds charts odds predictions and much more You'll also get free access to Form to Win. It's a revolutionary app that analyzes past performance data in just minutes. So go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob. Well, uh, coming out at the top of the show, we heard the stretch run of the 2020 edition of the Busanda, won by Harvey's Lil' Goyle, and this year's Busanda is the Saturday feature at Aqueduct. Goes as the sixth race on the card. Mile and an eighth on the main track. Three-year-old Philly going to contest it. Just a field of five. We should have a big favorite in number two, Shimmering Allure.
2: Yes, this race is named after Busanda, who is a daughter of the 1937 Triple Crown winner, War Admirable. She herself... Went 10 for 65 in her career and was a stakes winner. But uh, she is most famous as a brood mare. Um, when bred to Tom Fool, she produced Buck Passer. So, uh, again, Aqueduct continues their series of age old stakes uh, named after very interesting horses or places and stuff like that. So, kind of a cool race, uh, an interesting renewal, a quintet of uh, three year old fillies and. Uh, There's some class in here. I mean, Shimmering Allure, who's been made 4 to 5 in the morning line, is a nice, enticed filly. Uh, She's 2 for 7. I guess her best effort would be over this racetrack in the Listed Tempted, which she won by 3 on November 5th. She came back in the Demoiselle in the mud uh, over course and distance and was beaten by Life Talk. Uh, Again, good filly, consistent filly, reliable filly. Odds on, I don't know. I mean, Todd Pletcher's got an improving horse in here, a four-year-old, a three-year-old filly called Class Act, who uh, comes out of a really tough maiden race in September at uh, Churchill when she finished fifth behind Candy Landy. Uh, good horses like West Omaha were in that race. Uh, went around two turns next out, came from far back, closed and finished fourth. And I don't know whether they switched her uh, running style or she was just able to make the, an easy lead on December 7th, broke her maiden. She definitely looks like a filly going in the right direction, but she gets tested for class. And I think the one beat in here is Jin Jin. Brad Cox um, won the Jerome last week with a drum roll please. And Jin Jin has a similar profile, um, probably not as classy as that one, but uh, ran a decent race after getting bumped at the start in the Golden Rod. Ran a good race at Churchill October 29th, went second behind West Sunset in the Rags to Riches. And I think that she'll run a big race, and she basically, has, to me, has shimmering allure to a beat from a class perspective. And at 5-2, to two of those, those odds appeal to me more. I'll take the one Jin Jin.
1: All right, well first of all to start off so what you're saying is this race there's a lot of thought that went into the naming of the race and it's named after a, a, a famous race mare who was obviously a good broodmare unlike certain races on the other coast where a track maybe names a race after their clubhouse dining room
2: <laughs> yeah or or I'm afraid sometimes they name after an insignificant horse yeah or the or the tiki bar right you or, know or, I just or, think I just think a it's... horse
1: or horse that maybe somebody in ownership Uh, owned, but the horse actually never either raced or won at that specific track.
2: Was a decent allowance horse.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Back to the handicapping. I think Shimmering Allure is the one to beat. I don't think she lays over this field, and I'm a little bit worried taking less than even money on a filly who may be last in the field of five early on and have to pass them all. I know it's only – four other runners that she has to pass, but I don't think she's gonna be anywhere close to the lead. I think the out most of all Class Act, Princess Mayfair, all have a little bit more speed and even Jin Jin at times has shown more speed, although it looks like they're trying to make her into a Raider as well. Um, but I think Shimmering Allure is the best filly in the field. I just don't think I want her at 3-5, to five, so I'm going to pick her as my selection for the race, but it's not a race I'm looking to play. Uh, speaking of way out west, they've got several stakes on tomorrow's card out at Santa Anita, the first of which is race number four. It's the Cal Cup Derby, which is now called the California Chrome cal cup derby named for the first ever cal cup derby winner i believe he won the race in 2014 uh this race uh for cal bred or sired three-year-olds going a mile in a 16th i can uh, unequivocally say that i do not think any of these horses is in the same league as california chrome uh it's a slowish field going for a nice purse of $200,000. And the morning line favorite is number five, Wild Jewels, who has won four of his six career starts.
2: Yes, but a very appropriate touch nonetheless. Santa Anita naming this race after California Chrome, uh, one of the most legendary cowbreds certainly of our lifetimes. And, uh, Pretty cool that he should be recognized, and and you know this is the, kind of the right kind of race to do it. Uh, it's it's where he got started. I mean, he was not an entirely unknown quantity going to this race, but he emerged a, a Derby prospect, and of course, um, you know, history said that he he was you know unusually good. Um, yeah, like you. One thing about this field, five horses uh, like the Busanda, so that you know, kind of a disappointing turnout. Is between them they, uh five runners they made thirty six starts as two year olds. So if nothing else. It's not the fastest group we've ever seen, but they're definitely a hardy, competitive bunch of horses. Um, the three horse in here, Stolen Treasures, three to one in the morning line. Who's by Nyquist um, stretches out here to a mile and a sixteenth, and I think I think it's just going to be a bridge too far. I, I think you know he's out of an Invincible sp- Spirit mare, and I think sort of an extended sprint might appeal best to him. He does have speed. Um, the five horses is very interesting in here. An abundantly talented horse who comes down from Golden Gate, where he's been uh, kind of beating up on on Open Company at short prices. That's Wild Jewels, the uh, Tamarando gelding. Um, you, Steve Speck is, is live in a bunch of these Cal Cup races today. He's certainly live in here. But <clears throat> to me, clearly the horse to beat is uh, Breaks from the rail. And it's the one last call. London, who's a, a three-year-old, a stay thirsty, gelding. Peter Miller trains. Juan Hernandez takes the ride. When they hook up over the last 60 days, 39% in uh, 18, uh, 18 tries. Hernandez and Miller are really tough. Uh, this horse ran a good race, dug in really gamely to beat Stolen Treasure in the uh, King Glorious at uh, Los Al. I just think he's clearly clearly the best horse uh, in the race. If he breaks sharply from the rail, which the the, breaking from the rail will be a new experience for him, but I think it will be difficult to beat.
1: Well, I'm glad you have a strong opinion in this race because I don't. I landed on the favorite Wild Jewels. It's another race I'm not going to play myself uh, simply because Wild Jewels' best races, uh, although it's his most recent races, are all on a synthetic surface up at Golden Gate, and I just don't know if he's as good on dirt as he is on that synthetic track. But he's certainly a better horse now than when he originally ran on dirt uh, to start his career. And I think uh, if he repeats that recent form, he's the logical one to beat in this spot. I wouldn't take nine to five on him. It's a, like I said, it's a race where uh, they're running for a very nice purse, and these horses, in my mind, are not the fastest horses we've ever seen in Southern California, but I'm going to try Wild Jewels to win the Cal Cup Derby. Cal Cup Oaks goes as race number five. Now, this race is a mile on the turf for the Calbred or sired three-year-old Phillies. Nice field of nine gathering in the Cal Cup Oaks, Bob, and morning line favorite all the way on the outside is Grand Slam Smile.
2: Yeah, it's kind of difficult to understand why this would be a turf race and the uh, previous race for the three-year-old boys would be a dirt race. Um, I'm not sure why, but c'est la vie. Um, Clearly the horse to beat in here and sort of the focal point is Grand Slam Smile. Uh, She's pretty awesome, and she's three for five. She's got two seconds. She's won nearly $220,000. She's a stakes winner. Ran a huge race on the dirt here. She's, She's never stepped on the turf um so i'm sure she was she would be just fine <laughs> with uh, them running the race on the main track uh, she's out of a uh, out of a mare called royal grand slam who's just a super broodmare she's got multiple uh, six digit earners uh, definitely been a star of the broodmare band for uh uh mr and mrs larry williams who you know long standing very successful uh breeders out here who often have runners in the, in the races in these series um she should handle the distance. She should handle the turf. Uh, but these are new things for her. I mean, she's never been two turns, and she's never been on the grass. She's going to be a short price. And for those reasons, I have to take a stand. Um, I think the sixth horse in here who's going to be a big price, a uh, horse called Trent that uh, Frankie Dettori rides, is of interest in that um, she got – she ran no sort of race last time. She got beat 36 lengths. um in the race that grand slam smile uh won by seven and a quarter she basically uh flashed brief speed and stopped uh, the key thing with her is she's run three races on the dirt including a nice win at santa anita so she flashed some speed and she flashed some uh, um, talent in her maiden win uh, but she's um turf bred, and she ought to love the turf and after that experience uh, to me frankie the De- uh, frankie is not the kind of rider that would raise a hand and want to ride her back. So I think she must be training well, and I think they expect significant improvement on the on the move to the turf. Um, but I, my pick is going to be one of my favorite Calbreds going right now, and that's the two. Prancing through Paris. I happened to be there on August 11th when she broke uh, her maiden. It was a good effort. Ran de- decently in the uh, generous portion at a big price. Uh, didn't disgrace herself in any regard. Sort of backed up in her uh, first try at Santa Anita, and uh, then, with the addition of uh, Lasix, returned to her better form uh, with a huge effort behind uh, Clubhouse Bird. Uh, I, you know, to me, she prefers the grass. She has a delightful grass uh, pedigree, be- being by Sir Prancelot, and for uh, the uh, very reliable Peter Yerden. Barnum I'm uh, picks the two uh, prancing through Paris.
1: All right, I'm not super impressed with the Calbreds overall these days. I think at one point, uh, California breeding was uh, third, maybe behind Kentucky and Florida, and I'm not really sure uh, that that's the way it is right now. So I went a little bit off the rails here with number eight, Putt for Doe, who has been running against Calbreds except the one time out of her six career starts where she ran on the turf. She ran against Open Company in the Grade 3 Surfer Girl at Del Mar. She was sent off at almost 90-1, to and she only got beat like five and a half, six lengths, and that's after having a little bit of traffic trouble in the race. I think that was a much tougher field than what she's going to see today, Um, and I think she's getting back onto what actually is going to be her better surface this afternoon. 20-1 to on the morning line, that's good enough for me. I think Putt for Doe has a big chance to to uh, upset the apple cart in tomorrow's Cal Cup Oaks. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to stay at Santa Anita. Three more stakes to talk about. This is the M-Wager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park, with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races, dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track, Grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to goldstreampark.com.
3: Don't you wish your life came with a warning app?
4: Stop. That dog does not want to be petted.
3: (laughs) Just a little heads up before something bad happens.
4: Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh, no, 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 no.
3: So you can have more control.
4: Stop. You're texting your boss.
3: Don't wait. You have the power to change the outcome. Visit Do I Have today. That's Do I Have Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners. Hi, this is jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front, and nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard
0: a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN.
1: Fashionably fast, has a lot of
0: ground to make up on the inside. He's
3: followed by Rookie Mistake with a quarter of a mile to go. And it is still Brickyard Ride in front. He's got a two-length lead over Jamming Eddie with Loudmouth in pursuit. Fashionably fast is next. t Greatest Lugo is starting to pick up some momentum. They're coming to the 16th pole and Brickyard Ride running the race of his life. Has a three-length lead.
1: Loudmouth. Jamming Eddie, T Slugo Sluggo, Fashionably Fast. It's going to be Brickyard Ride, who sizzled home in the Don Valparado Cal Cup Sprint. T
3: to Sluggo rallied with Fashionably Fast, then came Loudmouth and Jamming Eddie.
1: That was Frank Miramati on the call last year. Well, not last year. Two years ago, 2022, the Cal Cup Sprint won by Brickyard Ride, and he will try to get the job done once again in this year's Cal Cup Sprint which takes place tomorrow out at Santa Anita. Welcome back to the AmWager wager Weekend Stakes Preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. We stay out at Santa Anita, where they've got five stakes on their Saturday card. And race number seven tomorrow is about six and a half furlongs down the hillside turf course. This is the Sunshine Millions Philly and Mare Turf Sprint. Say that five times fast. Uh, Cal bred or sired phillies and mares uh going down the hillside turf course uh in southern california we've got a field of eight going to post in this race and the morning line favorite is number six stay and scam in three two one
2: yeah this is an interesting group uh for this uh downhill turf race um obviously never been my forte but uh and, you know, Rose Maddox, the horse I actually bet on uh, Breeders' Cup weekend, is in here. And she ran a good race that day against Open Company and the uh, listed Maddie. Um, you know, she'll be bet. I just question her win habit overall. She's uh, two for eight. Uh, Schismosa is a very interesting horse. She wanted to open grade three on the on the dirt uh, for the Daily Own stable. Kyle Frey rode for the first time. And, uh, she's right back in and she's okay on turf she's very sharp right now i like her um stay in scams of course, you definitely would expect to line up here she's a very reliable turf horse but i feel like six and a half is not her forte i think she, she prefers a shorter distance and my selection in here is going to be the one madeha a five-year-old mare by shaman ghost uh, trained by craig DeLacy, and this just appears to be her best uh Game the downhill turf. Of course, she ran two very good races here in October and November of last year, uh, finishing second to Rose uh, Maddox. I think she could sort of make amends from that uh, effort, and she goes very well for a uh, veteran Victor Espinosa, So my pick will be the one horse Madeja.
1: Okay, I went to the uh, to number two Rose Maddox, so I think we'll actually be favored. When all is said and done, I just can't get past the the fact that she's so consistent. She's been first or second 14 of 19 career tries. And uh, she obviously likes it at Santa Anita as well, with a couple of wins under her belt. I think six and a half furlongs is right up her alley, and she'll get some pace to run at as well, with speedsters like Unwritten Code in the race, as well as Chancery Way on the outside. So I went to Rose Maddox. Bob likes Medea in the, uh, not to be confused with Medea, Medea in the Sunshine Millions Philly and Mare Turf Sprint Race 7 tomorrow out at Santa Anita. Eighth race on the Santa Anita card is the Cal Cup Sprint for the cowbred or sired four-year-olds and up. They sprint six furlongs in the main track. Two very very good cowbreds meeting up in this race, Bob. And number two, the Chosen Vron and number five, Brickyard Ride. According to our friends at Amwager, using form to win, they say the best value in the race is number four, Moose Mitchell who's six to one on the morning line doesn't necessarily mean that that is the top selection using form to win, but a horse who's probably very close with some of these favorites and a much better price where did you land
2: yeah no if you like if you like moose in here you're certainly going to get great value um you know there's two legendary calibres in here uh definitely at the moment and uh i'm a little concerned with brickyard ride he's seven now he was one for seven last year i'm not sure if his best days are entirely behind him but uh things might happen way too fast in a six furlong race uh, for him and, and you know i think two to five in the morning line is actually generous on the chosen brawn i think he'll be shorter than that we've spoken in recent weeks how the uh, sprint division has kind of depleted the male sprint division right now in american racing and uh, now we have the baffert train speedboat beach coming to the fore and uh, horse i know that you really like from the chris hartman barn called tejano twist uh the chosen brawn Certainly belongs in the argument as one of the premier sprinters in the country right now. And he ran okay behind great horses in the Breeders' Cup sprint. It says he went evenly. He was beaten fair and square, but he was beaten by the likes of Elite Power, Gunite, Nakatomi, and uh, back to his usual self at Del Mar. Uh, I think this is the first step on his way to the uh, 2024 Breeders' Cup at Del Mar. And he loves both uh, Southern California racetracks. I think it's just too much the chosen we on.
1: Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to go against him either. I've never been a giant fan of Brickyard Ride, although he has a win, is a win machine throughout his career. I'd love to have owned him, but I don't like, I don't like betting on him for some reason. Um, and I'm certainly not going to bet the Chosen Vron at two to five. But that's what he ends up being. That's what his morning line is. But I think he is going to be the big favorite. I think he's going to be tough to beat, and like Bob, I think he is going to win this year's Cal Cup Sprint. Race nine tomorrow at Santa Anita is the Unusual Heat Turf Classic for the Cal bred or sired four-year-olds and up, going a mile and an eighth on the grass. nice size field of 10 in the Unusual Heat Turf Classic. And a big favorite on the morning line is number five, Kings River Night. Yeah,
2: no, I think Kings River Night is just too short in the morning line. I mean, I'm not too concerned about the form of the John Sadler barn, but they are off to a very lackluster one for 19 start. A uh, barn that almost always uh, does far better than that. Uh, Juan Hernandez, um, kind of the perennial leading rider at this point. Southern California takes the mount. Uh, he's won the last two times King's on Kings River Night, the last two times that he's run, won easily at Los Al, ran very well down the hill. Um, you know, again, I'm just not sure that a mile and eighth on the turf is uh, the most suitable uh, situation for him. You know, he's, he's an incredible horse, too. He's seven for 13 for five seconds. Uh, I just think I think six to five is kind of an absurd price. And I really love a horse in here. Um, I love Bally's Charm, the three Hector Barrios rides for Jeff Mullins. And uh, that race, October 28th, which may very well develop into a key race, October 28th of 2023 at Santa Anita in the Restricted Lure, uh, he ran his eyeballs out and just got picked up in the last 16th by a horse called Easter, who we've now heard many call the best older turf horse uh, currently going uh, in, in Southern California. So if Bally's charm, uh, makes an uncontested lead, I can't see him getting pegged back. And I I think it's a golden opportunity for him to, uh, win this race over nine furlongs.
1: Okay. Well, he certainly may get the lead by himself, but Kings River Knight may have something to say about it. And Catalina Ennie may have something to say about it, stretching back out around two turns. I do agree that Kings River Knight, uh, may be distance wise out of his comfort zone. I don't doubt that he's the best horse in this race. And if this was a mile or less, I would certainly pick him on top. And I think he should be six to five, but a mile and an eighth scares me uh, just a tad for Kings river night. So I'm going to take a closer in number two, Carmelita's man for Dean Pedersen and Tiago Pereira coming out of some allowance races, his last two, but those were open allowance races. So wide open company, as opposed to just state bred races where he, uh, finds himself and by the way the last time he ran in a state bread steak he won beating Kings River Knight. So he's shown that he can do it in the past, and I think he's going to get some pace in front of him once again. He's 5-1 to one on the morning line. That's good enough for me in the unusual Heat Turf Classic. I like the two. Bob likes the three. We're both trying to beat number five, Kings River Knight, who we respect, but we're not sure if a mile and an eighth is really uh, what he wants to do. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to head back to the East Coast. And to the west coast of Florida, Tampa Bay Downs has three stakes on their Saturday card. This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network.
0: Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo.
3: Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool.
0: To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
3: Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. You can always find people who are helping. Thank you to all the first responders who put their lives in danger to help us when my brothers and sisters need them. We look out for the helpers because they look out for us.
0: Learn how you can help first responders by texting BRAVE to 24365. Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN.
1: World of Trouble and Gallardo. Confidently handled up front, has the lead by three. Now he hate me. Franco gives him the wake-up call, and he's gaining on the leader second. Twin Farms has seen enough and retreats to be third. Driven by history. On the outside is fourth. As they turn for home, World of Trouble has not been asked to run. And Reef breaks and has the lead by five. He Hate Me, racing second, driven by history, is third. Inside the final furlong, in World of Trouble. He will run them off their feet. Winning off by maybe 10 or 12 lengths, reeled in at the end, much the best. He Hate Me, second, with Mind Trap third. Running time on the board, 121.52. A shade off the track record. I don't care if he's retired or not. Richard Grunder will always, to me, be the voice of Tampa Bay Downs, and that was him on the call back in 2018. The Pasco Stakes won by World of Trouble, and this year's Pasco takes place tomorrow down in Oldsmar, Florida. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Before we get back to the handicapping, it's time now for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from Bloodhorse.com. Travers runner-up Disarm breezes at fairgrounds. Rated stakes winner Disarm, unraced since a runner-up finish behind Archangelo in the grade one Travers on August 26th, recorded his first published breeze since that race, with a four-furlong move in 53 and four, January 8th at fairgrounds. After a third place finish and a maiden victory as a two-year-old in 2022, the Son of Gunrunner developed into a stakes horse last year fourth in the Kentucky Derby and later went on to win the Matt Stakes at Ellis Park. He's got two wins, three seconds, two thirds in nine career starts with earnings of just over a million dollars for owner Winchell Thoroughbreds and Hall of Fame trainer Steve Asmussen. Winchell Thoroughbreds racing manager David Fisk said Disarm exited the Travers with bone bruising. The team behind him exercised patience in bringing the Colt back when a Positron emission tomography scan say that five times fast. Suggested Disarm might benefit from an additional month of downtime. He seems on target for a return in a couple months at this early juncture. Disarm has been joined at Fairgrounds by fellow four-year-old Extra Anejo who's been out of action since a fourth in the Grade 1 Haskell last July at Monmouth Park. In addition to them, the Dew, as well as Red Route 1 and Gunnett, look to be some of the Racing Stable's top runners in early 2024. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. There's still time to take advantage of the Blood Horse Magazine winter special offer. Right now, when you subscribe to the Thoroughbred Industries premier monthly magazine, you receive a 2024 Blood Horse calendar. It's a $24.95 value, absolutely free. Plus, with your Blood Horse Magazine subscription, you'll have free membership to Blood Horse Plus, Well, you'll have access to behind-the-scenes exclusive videos, a detailed stakes section, uh, as well as uh, on-demand access to deeper horse stats and much more. Go to bloodhorse.com forward slash HRRN today and take advantage of this special offer. Well, Bob, we always... uh, I don't know if we, I would go as far as to say complain, but bemoan the fact that uh, a lot of, uh, we don't get to see a lot of these talent, talented horses much past their three or four year old years, but it sounds like as far as uh, the Winchell horses are going, we are going to get to see some of these horses coming back. Disarm, obviously a very talented runner. Extra Anejo, I know at least at one point uh, late during his two year old campaign, campaign, a lot of people thought he was the. The best two-year-old in the country, at least for a few weeks. Red Route 1 and Gunnett also very talented. Looking forward to seeing all four of them some point a few months down the line.
2: Yes, and the uh, opportunities will be abundant, let's face it. I mean, uh, the, the uh, pots are still there and uh, the fields will be short. And I think it's a great idea if you've got a good one to run a good four, five, six-year-old, uh, especially if they gradually improve throughout their careers and uh, you know the barns that uh, these are in. Um, you, you would almost expect that. So uh, expect more. And so it's, it's, uh, it's very refreshing to see.
1: Oh, and by the way, speaking of uh, good pots out there, I don't know, just because they're training at the fairgrounds doesn't mean they'll race there, but obviously good news out of the fairgrounds within the last week that they've uh, raised purses 10% across the board, so uh, more money down for the folks racing in New Orleans. All right, let's get back to the handicapping of this weekend's stakes, and Tampa Bay Downs has a nice card tomorrow featuring three stakes, the first of which is the Wayward Lass, uh, just a small stake here for Phillies and mares going a mile and a 16th on the main track field of six going to post in this race, Bob, two favorites down on the inside, the one Opus 42, number two Libin, seven to five, nine to five, respectively on the morning line.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. You should mention that it's great to hear the news of the, uh, the uh, boost in purses at fairgrounds. And I read, a I read a very pleasant article about the state of New Jersey boosting the purses at Monmouth Park uh, next year, really significantly. So, uh, cool news all around in that regard. However, when it comes to this race, the sixth at Tampa on Saturday, it's the uh, wayward lass, $50,000 pot. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was, a you know, alarmingly low. Uh, but say la vie, and uh, somehow the uh, racing secretary there, Allison DeLuca, who does an outstanding job, Got uh, assembled a very nice field, uh, including... The classy Opus 42, who returns to the races after a freshening for high-percentage trainer Arnaud Delacour, uh, had a really good campaign last year, the peak of which, from a class perspective, was the second in the Delaware Oaks. She won the Gasparilla, uh, the three-year-old seven-furlong race that we'll talk about uh, next, by a nose, showing her affinity for the track. So sure, She surely fits in here. Um, Dream Concert is kind of interesting. Uh, Kathleen O'Connell, when she takes the blinkers off, that's a 24% move for for her. And uh, she's going to try to stretch Dream Concert out around two turns. Magical Loop for Ian Wilkes deserves a mention. She'll be flying late. Uh, However, I fear that she'll be too far behind, and she'll be too far behind my selection. He's the two-horse Libin who's a very uh, talented daughter of Lauben. She's uh, three for four. She lost first out. Um, ran an even race first out, but had a decent filly. And since then, she's three for three, and she just uh, is going from strength to strength, Joseph has sent us uh, six horses up there from South Florida. This meet, three wins, three seconds. Edgar Zayas makes the trip and, uh, he must really like this four year old Philly. And I think the sky's the limit. I think that, uh, the wayward Lasser stakes debut will be a walk in the park.
1: All right. So, uh, living for bob and the wayward Lass. i'm going to try a little bit of a price play speaking of price plays our friends at AmWager using form to one form to win say the best value in the race is number six magical loot who is nine to two on the morning line and she comes from off the pace and there is plenty of speed in this field and i'm kind of going with that same theory i didn't pick magical loot on top but i picked the other closer who may be the longest shot in the field so he's certainly going to be one of them number five soul of an angel who comes from out of it. I just think there's so much speed in this race. Opus 42, Libin, She's My Warrior, Dream Concert, all look like they want to be forwardly placed. God, if, if you can close it all in this race, you've got to have some sort of a chance. And I like the the company that Soul of an Angel has been keeping, running against Open Company, even Graded Stakes Company at Churchill Downs toward the end of last year. I think this is a softer spot at Tampa, and she's got kind of muddied up form because she's been racing against those better fillies and mares. Uh, I like Soul of an Angel to come running from off the pace, and at 10-1, to 1, uh, I think she has a legitimate chance to win tomorrow's Wayward Lass. Seventh race at Tampa Bay Downs is the Gasparilla for three-year-old fillies sprinting seven furlongs. We've got a field of eight coming together in this race. Heavy favorite down on the inside is number one, Mystic Lake. According to our friends at Amwager, using form to win the Breast Price horse in the race is number four, Runaway Diva. She's 10-1 to 1 on the morning line, looked really good breaking her maiden in her lone career start and, uh, means that it, best price horse means that runaway diva, not that far behind rating wise, some of these other, uh, three-year-old fillies and, uh, maybe with some improvement, she has a chance. Where did you end up, Bob?
2: Yeah. Mystic Lake for uh, Safi Joseph again. Uh, she ran some excellent races on the tap at the last year at Woodbine, um, including a second in the, uh, glorious song, uh, Got some valuable black type in the Mazarine, going two turns, went third. Uh, but her only dirt start, in which she went off the seven to five favorite in her debut last August at Gulfstream Park, uh, she stopped on a dime, uh, concerned in a, you know sort of in a concerning manner. Um, I don't know what to make of that, but all of her form and you know good form and four starts is on the synth. I mean, she's been working well. At Palm Meadows, and uh, but at a short price, I just I'm not comfortable uh, selecting her, or certainly betting on her. Um, Maria Bowersock. It's kind of exciting to see as a as a talented horse that you mentioned in the Run Happy Philly Runaway Diva. She could be anything, but you know, and she and she, and she won nicely, and it was visually impressive. But uh, you know, first try versus winners, first try stakes uh, competition, you know, could be a test that she's never. Come anywhere near the uh, likes of the five-horse, my selection here, Gervin's Princess. Again, from Kathleen O'Connell, who puts up wonderful numbers every year at Oldsmar. But this far, this so far this meet, she's off to a, an alarmingly good 20 for 65 uh, start. 31% her longtime supporter, owner-breeder Jerry Campbell, uh, has has uh, gotten another really nice filly for her. This is a three-year-old Gervin filly. And uh, when she, the way she won last time at Tampa, it was in a very professional manner, and I think if she runs back to that, she'll be uh, tough to beat at a fair price in the Gasparilla.
1: Yeah, I like Gervin's Princess as well. I think her last two races. Point her out as uh, every bit as good as anyone else in this field. I think she'll set a nice stalking trip just in behind the leaders. And I think she's going to be tough to hold off when they come inside that final furlong. Bob and I both trying to beat the favorite Mystic Lake with number five, Gervin's Princess, who is seven to two. On the morning line, moving forward to the ninth race tomorrow at Tampa Bay Downs. This is the Pasco for three-year-olds, sprinting seven furlongs on the main track. Field of seven going to post in this race. Our friends at AmWager using form to win. Say the best price in the field is number five Banded Rocket, who is uh, one for one in his career, getting that maiden on Christmas maiden broken on Christmas Eve uh, just a few weeks ago, and uh, looking very good doing it at odds of five to two. Obviously a much tougher spot tomorrow Bob including having to face number three Bookham Dano
2: yeah Bookham Dano is a sharp horse I mean he's another seems like we're seeing an abundance of these lately uh, you know high quality uh, New Jersey breads this Buquero who's, who, who's a Florida sire had a marvelous year last year uh, and really they raised his stud fee and, and he's a good sire especially of turf sprinters uh, Bookham Dano Uh, Was running, I mean, he was probably the best two-year-olds on the ground uh, from a state-bred perspective last year at Monmouth Park. Crushed the group in his maiden race, won the smoke, uh, Glacken, um, easily, and uh, ran a great race at uh, Aqueduct. I mean, he's he's a very consistent, honorable horse. Uh, You've got to respect him. Um, it's great to see that Larry DeMeritt and the one-horse, uh, West Saratoga, trains a really talented horse these days, veteran trainer uh, from Central Kentucky. This horse won the Grade 3 Iroquois last year on September 16th. Uh, one interesting uh, thing about West Saratoga, he's broken from the rail, uh, which he drew on Saturday three times, and he, he didn't seem to like it. Uh, and he was, he was kind of well-beaten, although second and all three of those tries. I think those two are going to hook. And when they do hook, I think uh, and they're, they're going to take a lot of money. Uh, it provides a golden opportunity for the four horse in here, Crazy Mason, to pick up the pieces. This is a three-year-old uh, son of Cole Front, uh, Maria's Mon Mare, trained uh, by Greg Sacco, another guy who's having a great meet. He's uh, 21% down there at Tampa. And uh, the effort that uh, Crazy Mason – Uh, put in behind a Patriot spirit and the inaugural was eye-popping. And I think if he can uh, improve a little bit on that or even run back to that, he'll benefit from a uh, hot pace and uh, he'll be very, very tough to beat the Pasco.
1: All right. Well, we're reading the race a little bit differently. Although I think both the favorites, West Saratoga and Bookham Dano, have speed. I don't think either of them needs the lead. And I think if they end up going together on the front end, it will not be some breakneck pace. My honest belief is that number three, Bookham Dano, is just better than this field. I know West Saratoga's already a graded stake winner Although I don't know what he he beat uh, that day when he won the Iroquois a couple of starts back. Uh, But Bookham Dano looks like a horse who just never runs a bad race to me. And last time out trying a mile, I think he ran well uh, when finishing second to Where's Chris while well clear of the rest of the field. I don't even think that distance was too far. But sprinting may be better than routing for Bookham Dano. And uh, as long as he doesn't get involved in some really ridiculous pace duel, and I don't think he will, uh, I think he is clearly the one to beat. Three to two on the morning line. I think that's right where he should be. I think the Derek Rant, Ryan Tiny takes the Pasco impressively tomorrow at Tampa Bay Downs. All right, we're going to take one last break. When we come back, we've got one more Saturday stake to look at. The Mockingbird at Oaklawn. Couple of nice Sunday stakes as well. You're listening to the AM Wager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network.
4: Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Remember the last time your family visited the forest? It's a place of wonder and imagination for the whole family, where stories come to life, and it's closer than you think. Ready to plan your next visit? Make the forest part of your story today at a local park near you, or find one at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
1: Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Four Star Dave. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN.
0: You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN.
2: They turn for home. Schiaparelli's game. She goes on with it. Miss Direction now has to go out and get her. Schiaparelli's very game along the inside. Miss Direction chasing her game. These two now come to battle it out. Schiaparelli on the inside keeps on finding. Miss Direction coming late. Miss Direction with a late run.
1: Chaparelli, Purems Dancer, Bench Glory, and Javine was last. That was Trevor Demon on the call back in 2013. The Las Cienegas Stakes, a Grade 3 event, won by Ms. Direction. And this, we, this year's edition of the Grade 3 Las Cienegas is the Sunday feature out at San Anita. Welcome back to the Am Legion Weekend Stakes preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich, folks, Am Wager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's just that easy. Once again, link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob. Well, we're going to stick with the Saturday action temporarily. We've got one more Saturday stake to talk about, and it's the ninth race tomorrow at Oaklawn. It's the Mockingbird for three year old fillies sprinting six furlongs. Not really a stake race, more like a two other than allowance race. And the purse of $150,000 is basically what a two other than allowance race would be uh, at Oaklawn Park. That's how big the purses are these days, but a very evenly matched field of six with the morning line favorite being number six, Tanya showers.
2: Yeah. On paper, this looks like a race um, that features some seriously talented late rallying sorts. I mean, Tanya Showers, who took four starts to break her maiden, did so at Oaklawn on that New Year's Eve uh, with a dramatic late bid. Divine Gal, who's two for two for Donnie K. Von Hemel, has done similarly. She came from way back at Churchill, uh, closed under Francisco Arrieta um, on December 17th here. Uh, You know, both of them are. Seem to be moving in the right direction, as is Midshipman Stance, another horse that came from off the radar to win by December 16th here in the mud, uh, and and returns for the Diodoro barn. This is a rare situation in racing. There's six three-year-old fillies in here, and they they look like uh, talented sorts. Uh, it appears that there mo- might be it might be a lone speed scenario, and uh, Sharp Tune the two horse in here. Uh, trained by Stephen Asmussen, ridden by Keith Asmussen, uh, displayed that speed, uh, breaking her maiden last May, early in her two-year-old season. Did did so rather easily. Showed some versatility in the slop at Churchill. Came from just off it, under Gaff owned uh, to 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 win a tough uh, uh, open allowance uh, claim optional allowance claiming race. And when she ran on the Fern Creek on on November 25th at Churchill Downs, she was really up against it. I mean, she was for a young horse. um, She was between horses and was just kind of uncomfortable up in there, and she just quit. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like you almost had me or Helena's Forte in here, in my opinion. And uh, I think that basically she can jump out, make an easy lead and cruise. I, I, I just think she'll have it all her own way. And it's a golden opportunity for the Asmussen family. I'll take the too sharp tune in the Mockingbird.
1: All right. Well, I'm also going to take a filly who ran behind. You almost had me last time out, but this one being number four, extreme smoke show. I don't know what happened to her in that Myrtlewood Stakes at Keeneland. Obviously, it was a tougher spot. She was 20 to one that day or just about 20 to one. And she ran like she was 20 to one that afternoon. But her previous try winning an allowance race at Keeneland was very, very good. And I think good enough to beat this field tomorrow in the Mockingbird at Oaklawn. Five to one on the morning line uh, for this Mac Robertson trainee, and he does very well at getting his runners ready to go off layoffs similar to this. I'm going to try Extreme Smoke Show. Bob likes the two sharp tune in tomorrow's Mockingbird States race nine tomorrow at oaklawn park two sunday stakes we're going to look at first of which is the grade three la cienegas race seven on the card at Santa anita Uh, phillies and mares going about six and a half furlongs down the hillside turf course we've got a nice field of 12 gathering in this race bob and uh well there are 11 with one on the aes which is odd that they would run 11 in this race, I, I don't—I don't know if I've ever seen them run eleven. That's just kind of an odd thing. What a, they must have the portable rail out three feet from the inside or something like that. Uh, but an evenly matched field. Where'd you end up?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Kiss by Shot uh, Five in here has been in really remarkable form. She's reeled off three in a row as a heavy favorite. She returns to um, stakes com- competition. Uh, Mike Smith rides for Peter Yurton. First time down the hill her so that'll be an interesting test i expect her to be a short price i kind of focus on two horses that I expect to be big prices in here i think the debt owned by team valor and trained by neil drysdale whose runners seem to be going pretty well these days um she's by outstrip out of a pivotal mare and she came from france and she's always raced over a mile i think that she on paper uh, at least looks like a sprinter And I think she'll be flying at the end of this. I think it's kind of a a, a sharp uh, move by Drysdale to turn her back. And then uh, from the same ownership or this one, Wakanaka, the seven, is owned by Team Baller and Gary Barber and trained by Mike McCarthy. She's a six-year-old mare by power out of a Kodiak mare. She's uh, more than capable of sprinting on the grass. I mean – if you take the race she ran September 9th at Kentucky Downs in the grade two ladies Turf sprint, she was flying home under, under Rosario. Uh, Rosario takes them out again. He's ridden her very effectively in the past. And I think she'll be a generous price. And, and she was 0 for 7 last year. If she gets back to where she was when she was 7 for 15, uh, I think she becomes a, a millionaire on, uh, on Sunday. And I think she'll be also be kind of a nice price.
1: All right, so who's your top selection in the race?
2: Seven seven horse, Wakanaka.
1: Okay, I like her as well. I I like the two fillies or the two mares that have been running on the East Coast because I just generally think the turf racing on the East Coast is uh, considerably better these days than the turf racing out west. If number 12 a day in Asia draws in for new trainer Phil D'Amato, I think she's gonna be my top selection. She was was good enough to almost win a tough uh, allowance race at Aqueduct two starts back and ran a nice fourth last time out in an unconditioned allowance race at Keeneland. Uh, But if she doesn't get in, I like Wakanaka as well. I think the company she's been keeping out east makes her very, very tough. In Sunday's Las Cienegas, final race we're going to talk about is the Sunday feature at Aqueduct. It's the Franklin Square. These are New York bred three year old fillies sprinting six and a half furlongs on the main track. Field of eight going to, to post in this race, and the morning line favorite is number six, My Main Squeeze.
2: Yeah, um, unlike the Mockingbird at Oakland, this race seems to have an incredible amount of speed. I mean, Flight Controls fast. Uh, Cara's time is, is fast, solo shots fast, uh, kind of an interesting class test here for probably the two-year-old star at Finger Lakes last year. Sweet brown sugar is also speed from the rail. Uh, a lot of interesting and very quick fillies in here. And I think it, it presents an opportunity for a, a nice filly called My Main Squeeze, a three-year-old filly by Audible. Who uh, comes from the Mike Maker barn? He had a nice uh, win last week in the Pippin at Oakland Park with Misty Vale. Uh, I think he, his horses are, are running well everywhere right now. He's 11 for 54 at uh, Aqueduct at the moment, which is over 20%. She returns off a little bit of a freshening, uh, but she ran huge over this racetrack last time when she won the uh, Maid of the Mist uh, by three lengths under Irad Ortiz. First time Les Cano, and I think she picks up the pieces here and wins the uh, Franklin Square.
1: All right, good pick there. I'm going with the same kind of a pick, somebody to come from off the pace, and I just went outside of that one with the seven. Bernie takes charge coming off a nice allowance win at Aqueduct going six furlongs in her most recent start. To me, she just looks like she's on the improve. I I think they had some sort of issues with this filly to start her career as they they couldn't keep her on the racetrack, and she was kind of running hit-and-miss races. But uh, the Blinkers added last time out in a big effort uh, from just off the pace going six furlongs. Same type of trip Sunday, and I think she's got a chance for another win at a nice price. 8-1 to on the morning line. I will try. Bernie takes charge. In the Franklin Square, that's twelve races. Time now for the Am Wager best bets. The Am Wager
0: best bet. best bet.
1: All right, Bob, take it away.
2: Yeah, no, I, I just think it's a rare opportunity in the Mockingbird uh, for the Asmussen family, the uh, trainer of course, Stephen and his uh, his son Keith, uh, who's not off to a flying start at Oaklawn, but I think Sharp Tune, the two horse and the Mockingbird on Saturday at Oaklawn Park. Looks like she'll have it all her own way on the uh, uh, front end and win as she pleases.
1: All right, looking for a wire to wire win with number two, Sharp Tune. Three to one, second choice on the morning line. Bob's Am Wager Best Bet. Race nine on tomorrow's card at Oaklawn Park. I'm going for a little bit of a shorter price, but I think in tomorrow's Pasco stakes, the ninth race on the Tampa Bay Downs card, number three, Bookham Dano lays over the field. Three to two on the morning line. May not actually be favored with number one, West Saratoga, a close nine to five uh, behind that one, but to me, Bookham Dano, just about every race he's run, is better than anyone in this race has ever run. And those races were all as a two-year-old. He may be better now as a three-year-old than he was as a two-year-old. And if that's the case, it's just Katie bar the door, and I'd be very happy to lock in those three to two odds. I think Bookham Dano will win the Pasco with authority tomorrow at Tampa Bay Downs want to remind everybody, speaking of tomorrow, huge edition of the Equine Forum tomorrow morning here on the network. Our good friend Mike Penna, the baron of the backstretch, talks with trainers Larry Demerit and Derek Ryan, and they discuss their talented three-year-olds in Saturday's Pasco Stakes. ST Publishing Sean Clancy talks about his Eclipse Award-winning feature, Claiborne Farm President Walker Hancock previews their 2024 stallion roster. Plus, Vance Hansen gives you three races to watch in this week's triple play. Kurt Becker takes you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. There's calling all three-year-olds presented by Spendthrift, as well as Dale Romans and Tim Wilkin tackling the sport's hottest topics on I Ask, They Answer, presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Programme all part of a three-hour extravaganza tomorrow morning on the Equine Forum, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Sirius 162, XM 207, online channel 999, or on our website, streaming live at horseracingradio.net. All right, Bob, well, this week is a rare break as far as the road to the Triple Crown, if it were. Uh, It's certainly a break as far as the points qualifiers go on the road to the Kentucky Derby, but we are going to dive in a little bit deeper next week, my friend. Huge card at the fairgrounds next Saturday, highlighted by the grade three LeCompte, which is the first of the races other than last year's Breeders' Cup Juvenile, where the points have increased. Now, instead of the winner of the points qualifiers getting 10 points, points winner of the comp gets 20 and we're getting closer to that time where all you really need to do is win one of these races and you're pretty much guaranteed a spot first saturday and may 20 points isn't enough to do it but it's a real good start
2: yeah i mean there is a lot to look forward to uh i kind of feel like you know this uh, saturday and sunday is kind of kind of a an opening act uh so yeah hopefully um in future weeks, I won't have to do uh, uh, the show in uh, in pitch black darkness, but uh, that's the way it works when the uh, when the power goes out.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I if, can't even you know see if, if if you would pick more winners and pay your electricity bill on time, you wouldn't have the <laughs> authorities out after you as they seemingly are these days.
2: Yeah, and and uh, wise enough to uh, switch the power off right in the uh, right in the middle of a uh, right to return from commercial so yeah I don't recommend doing radio shows in the dark but uh, I try my best and uh, uh, bear with me
1: alright well it's been a fun show nonetheless despite a few technical difficulties and uh, we certainly hope that we picked a few winners and uh, not only hope that we put a few bucks in your pocket but Listen, I'm just going to say it selfishly. I hope I put some money in my pocket as well. Uh, that's going to wrap it up on tonight's edition of the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview for our producer, Lee Della my co-host, Bob Mistanovich. I'm Bobby Newman. Thank you so much for joining in. Hope everybody has a great weekend at the track.